Welcome to the ATG Podcast. Thanks to Jocko Field, keeping us field. Fernando's electrolytes keeps us totally field. Sorenex has been doing an unbelievable job with the equipment. Couldn't recommend their stuff more highly. Two topics most pressing on the training front is ATG Squat School. Uh, number one most asked question on the non-training front is what we eat in a day. None of us actually know what Derek, a.k.a. Mr. <laughs> Infinity, eats in a day. So we figure we start right there. We got oh, 40. Wow. We really have just like 40 minutes of interrogation to find out what exactly he eats in a day. He's the best athlete at 45 years old that I've personally ever seen. So I think it would be helpful for us to know what he eats in a day. And we'll get some different perspectives on diet here. Or maybe what, what he doesn't eat. Okay. No, no. This what do you eat? No, like, what did you eat yesterday? Curveball yesterday. right here. They I'm, threw a curveball at the kid. But uh, what did you eat yesterday? What was the question? What, what did you eat? Tell <laughs> what us did you everything eat? you ate yesterday. So yesterday is funny. Uh, <laughs> I fasted the whole day. <laughs> yesterday actually is funny. I um, cause usually to be honest, I'm, we gonna we gonna truth truth serum, right? Yeah, yeah, full all honesty. Right, all right. So I didn't really eat all day until I went. Shout out! I'm about to give somebody a shout out. Shout out my dude Rodney Lavoy. He actually has a coconut um spot in tampa and mm. but usually honestly man i look at food totally different than most people i just do like i don't know i um you know how you study kids ben like as far as their bodies or your, your son as far as like how they move and like mm -hmm. they just like uh naturally flexible they and so i kind of do the same thing with nutrition and diet i look at kids and I always see that they just are active and energetic and just like have energy and not really thinking about food a lot. Like unless somebody says, hey, or, or somebody gives them a, a dopamine spike with some sugar or and then they start thinking about it. But uh, I don't know. I just don't so primarily, I, I, just know, I just know. So so just back to your question, your original question, what I eat yesterday. But that's OK. It <clears> seems <throat> like primarily you put mind over matter there on the go. food. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's, and that's totally fine. Have you eaten anything today? I have not. Not yet. Jocko. Shout out Jocko Fuel. There we go. Um, but you had some coconuts. So last night you yes. had some coconuts? No, no, no. So, so yesterday, back back yesterday, I went to, it's, it's called Coco Love, man. <laughs> and uh, it was an ice cream spot. And so it's made out of coconut. And he oh, had cool. this, like, three-ingredient waffle. And he had, like, some coconut ice cream. And so I had that. And then that was with it for the day. Like, um, so, so that's what wow. I mean. That's what I mean. Wow. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't concentrate on food food because i just feel like if we want to go there man we can go there <laughs> so you like coconut I, I mean it's okay it was good though it was good it was all right but uh no nah, no nah. shout so out we, my dude it was really we know good. that like your body must have protein of some source some source just to survive what so what what you eat yesterday man nope <laughs> <We're>... <laughs> he's, he's not backing off all right um Sometimes I have breakfast, sometimes I don't. Just kind of base it on the day. Okay. So you could say I intermittent fast for breakfast sometimes, but sometimes I don't. I almost always have breakfast when uh, when I'm with my kids. If I'm traveling, I tend to fast more for mm. breakfast. Not intentionally, just like, hey, I wake up, I'm just excited to get my day going. But when I'm with the kids, oh, I always have breakfast pretty much because they're having breakfast, they're about to go to school, keep them fueled up. So I try to live like they do eggs is a go-to for me when it gets to lunch a uh, grass-fed hamburger patty would be my go-to if i haven't had breakfast i'll usually put a fried egg on top of the grass-fed hamburger patty my number two source 
of food is avocado. Mm. Those are my primaries, uh, egg or grass-fed beef. And avocado would be my secondary. And then I think of fruit as almost my treat, nature's dessert. Mm, yeah. Anything beyond that is whatever it is. Wow. I, I don't have any, there's nothing that, oh, I can't eat this. There's nothing that I force myself to eat. Anything goes beyond that. But for me, my primary is grass-fed beef, good quality egg, and avocado. So, yeah. or the, so the protein would be number one for me. Number two would be the avocado. Number three would be any source of fruit. Number four would be whatever else I want. And avocado is a fruit, so really yeah. it's... Yeah. yeah, but people don't think in that regard. Because yeah. avocado has more fiber and fats, <laughs> whereas your normal, like a mango, isn't going to have the fiber and the fats right. that an avocado has. So of the fruits, I think of avocado in its own category. Cool. Yeah. And then beyond that... Uh, really any kind of you fruit. You said you don't restrict yourself, but you went through <clears throat> almost a thousand days of yeah. kind of restriction, or is that just your lifestyle now? When you say it, other than that, like what are some other than that? Restriction things? from what? Other Be specific. So I went, eight, I went 821 days without bread. Okay. Or foods with sugar added. Like processed chips. foods. No Exactly, chips, no nothing brownies, processed. No, yeah. Like ice cream's delicious, but no, I didn't have any ice cream yeah. for 821 days. I didn't have a cookie, mm -hmm. things of that nature. I was just testing it out to see what came of it because I noticed that people wanting to follow a diet and knowing how to eat sensibly, they really just struggled to stick to what they wanted to eat. Really and my yeah. biggest realization is that it tends to be people withholding themselves from calories or fruit, like, oh, an avocado, oh, no, that's high calorie, or, or a grass-fed burger, oh, no, that's high calorie, or, oh, my gosh, a mango that has sugar. What I noticed is that people withholding themselves from those type of foods with calories or sugar, then we're not able to stick to a diet and we're more likely to be binging on donuts and pizza and oh my gosh, I've went off my diet and I went totally nuts and I'm yeah. like off the rail. Like the people who actually have too much body fat for their own liking and are struggling and need to lose weight for their health. That's what I did it for. Mm. And I learned those things. Wow. And it helped a lot of other people along the way. I didn't have any magical epiphanies from doing it. No. I think you should have the ability to have a treat if you want to have a treat or to not have a treat. Not to be completely addicted to them, nor to be where like, oh my gosh, I can't have it Moderation. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Did the addictions lessen though? Because a lot of the food that they make in nowadays have um, addicting properties to it, you know? Bingo. Um, I mean, even so, sugar so, itself is extremely addictive. And so once that hits your tongue, once that hit gets in your bloodstream, you can find yourself thinking about it, craving it, and really being almost attached or like a crackhead, yeah. you know? Yeah. So uh, did you feel like after those 100 days, did you feel like your your that those addictions to those sugars and- um, Like you were thinking you, about pe eating pizza totally. or ice cream last. Whatever that was washed out of my system. Okay, that's what nice. I mean. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, a Chick-fil-A chicken tender or something. It's got a lot of protein, whatever. But then you look, and I think it has like 19 ingredients. Yeah, 50 chemicals. <clears throat> so there's stuff like that that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Most of it, you get to, to the root of it. It's completely intentional to make billions of dollars. So anyone wondering about diet and what I think of you on diet, if you are not right now listening to this and you don't make billions of dollars on intentionally doing things for our downfall, you're my friend. Yeah. Mm. I don't care if you're... Yeah. full vegan or full carnivore or in between or whatever if you're a diet coach of any kind if you're even trying to help people at all you're already my friend because we already got that line in the sand yeah. that you're not making of billions of dollars intentionally profiting on our downfall knowingly like full reality not even that it's that you believe something that might be untrue 
that you are that you know it's wrong and you're intentionally doing it. Yes. So yeah. there, I just gave I just gave my diet. Yeah. One is the quality proteins. Two is the avocado. Three is the fruit. Four is whatever else I want to have. Yeah. I don't only intermittent fast. I don't only eat breakfast. Yeah, I'm very similar, man. I don't I don't restrict myself, and I don't like have a game plan with diet. I just kind of. I am conscious of what goes in my system and then I just kind of like um flow with how I'm feeling, you know what I'm saying? But but I do feel better um with less consumption. That's just that's just how my body operates, you know. And I feel like uh, and I'll let you go here in a second, yeah, but yeah. I I just feel like um I get nutrients from other places than just physical food too. I know that sounds like a little crazy or weird, but uh I feel like when I go outside and get sunlight, when I do deep breathing, when I'm exercising, when I'm doing a lot of oxygen, and, and that um, there's things that fill me up, you know what I mean? Even make me, me stronger and more flexible and different things like that. So I know that's probably hadn't been scientifically researched um, per se, but um, but I've done the research, you know what I'm saying, yeah. for me. Yeah, and then you know the one, saying? I mean, you've done it for yourself. Yeah. If you experience it, ultimately that's, the most important thing yeah i think it's actually an incredible learning point that your number one source of energy is not physical i think that's fantastic to realize that you could go i know for myself if i go do an extra a workout something i feel better after yeah go outside go out in the sun i i think that's important data if you're going to discuss diet to realize that you can also give yourself energy for life in different ways yeah, now let's dig in with derek marcel fernando so let's say someone totally is like, dang, I really like what Derek is saying. So now, Derek, what foods, you got to help them further even. What foods do you think are a good idea for them to add in? What what do so, you use so for me, and what I, do you guys I like, eat? I like, um, <clears throat> it's a lot of, lot, of, lot of things that ages me. It's like foods, a lot of earthly matter, like, like processed foods or things that kind of bog you down, like a lot of starchy things. So for me, those things like, tend to age me, age my face, age my body. I feel bad, I feel sluggish getting up. So cutting those things out helped me. And so things with not a, without a lot of earthly matter in them um, are like melons and like uh, nuts and like even meats and like so, so things like that. Uh, I would go, if I was to eat it all day, I would wanna eat like nuts and melons and meats and just kind of things that don't have yeah. a lot of uh earthly matter natural cool. food. basically basically just similar yeah to exactly what you yeah. guys eat sounds like yeah and fruit. yeah with some vegetable like too much of that why, sure yeah. you can right. so, so your whole thing is from what i'm getting is like don't overconsume. period number yeah. one um a lot of fasting sun exposure actually like other sources mental whatever sources of, of yeah. gaining energy and, and nutrients as you say and then yeah, eating real food, yeah. not food is processed. Supposed to give us energy, right? It's, yeah. That's the, yeah. that's the. We I know we've turned food into this gluttonous activity. That ah oh, man, I want to breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. I want to eat. I want to taste. You know, but it is is it's designed just to help us operate in this third dimension. Like you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Move around. It and, should serve us. Course, we yeah, shouldn't the be the effect of the food correct yeah. and i think everyone should stop right now and hit hit pause on it and go for yourself what's your number one non-food source of energy mm. so i realized for me it's i just remind myself and i'm happiest when i just structure my stuff around how can i help people mm. we came in here had a super passionate video mm. looking at this squat class based on gyms such as crossfit gyms asking us for atg classes to deliver 
I found myself super fueled up on that, and I didn't even have breakfast this morning. I felt fantastic. I was fueled by that. It's not the food or not the food that – and look, I think of that as its own compartment. So the food mm-hmm. we can establish is its own compartment, but you're going to need some sort of a purpose in life that fires you up. I think everyone – it doesn't matter. Even if you are 100% sure in your diet, you don't need anything what we're saying. You have all your diet locked in. You should still pause and find what's a non – food source that fires you up i mean anyone will know any diet coach will know this i've known this from all the clients i've worked with it's when people are bored (laughs) that's when you overeat yeah it's it's and it's not so it's the lack of activity and purpose Mm. every time you get busy what does everyone say when they're busy oh i forgot to eat yeah well did you forget to eat or did you not need to eat right so so there is something there with purpose with activity you can get into the science of the dopamine and this, the, that, like, fine. It can be explained away. That's fine. It comes down to the simple basic fact of if you're busy working on something you like or you need to do, food does not become required in that same sort of, like, effect or gluttonous kind of sense. Yeah, because you've worked with a lot of clients, so you've been able to see who sticks to a diet, who doesn't stick to a diet, what things help them stick to a diet. And in your case, you carry over 200 pounds of muscle mass. I mean, you yeah. started out today's video casually <laughs> squatting four plates each side all the way down, no weightlifting shoes, no knee sleeves, yet you were just playing basketball with us, throwing down dunks on the weekend. Not that's, not, that's not normal for someone to be able to do those kind of things in terms of the strength and the athleticism yeah. combined True. and carrying that muscle mass without the body fat. Like, it's insane. I see Fernando year-round has a shredded six-pack, yeah. yet carries the muscle mass over 200 pounds. So... You probably eat more calories mm-hmm. than Derek does. Mm-hmm. As so, I should. As what do you should. eat in a day? Okay. Um, break first, it down. Exactly I, I will what break you eat exactly in a day. down, and I want to go over a couple points. One, in general, I do not <clears throat> count my calories. Okay. Now, with that said, a caveat that needs to be stated is that I do generally know how many calories I've been right. eating because I've been doing it for so long. So people who say, oh, I don't need to count my calories, it's kind of BS. Yeah. For the diet coaches that kind of promote that. They kind of know what they're eating. Okay. But at the same time, on the whole other end of the spectrum, counting calories, restricting calories is a short-term plan. You cannot forever cut calories. Your body will adapt. Yeah. The metabolic rate will adapt. So whatever you cut your calories to, if you stick it there, well, then fine. You can eat that, but you're going to stick there and you'll stop. Then you'll go back into maintaining. Okay. So with all that said, just understand that diet is fluid. It depends on what you want to do, on your goals, on your age, genetics, all sorts of things. Okay. What I eat, I am like you, Ben. I sometimes fast. Sometimes I just have coffee. Sometimes I have no coffee. I like to make sure and keep myself. I'll check myself. I have coffee twice a day for three weeks. I'll go two weeks without any coffee. I That's just impressive. I like I have to my just, cup of coffee every morning. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I will intentionally catch myself being a little bit effect, a little bit needing it. Yeah, I cut it out. Um, so I use restrictions and special diets as tools. I do the January carnivore thing that Joe Rogan, that mm-hmm. these people have made popular. Why? Because I just spent the last four weeks eating more sugar than normal during the holidays. I do. I have cheat meals. It's okay as long as you understand the balance as depending on where you are on your goals and what you're trying to do. 
All right, so you've got a private chef. You get to you get to paint out exactly what you get to eat in a day. Okay. What does that look like? It's six eggs. Oh wow! In the morning, mm. um, usually with some sort of organic grass fed breakfast meat. So like usually beef. Like oh, it's wow. usually some beef what do you Polish the sausage. In? Only I pers Okay, this is personal. There's just say it. This is personal. <laughs> We've gotten past this. We're building a. We know you. Raw butter. Okay. Raw butter cool. is what I cook it. So in. the eggs, raw butter, raw butter, then and and some sort of you get like organic, but some sort of breakfast meat. Correct. Anything else with breakfast, or is that it? That's usually it. And if I guess if I could choose, I'd have a handful of blueberries. Okay. Right in the morning. Okay. Blueberries are my favorite fruit. Keep going. Okay. Then I work out. Yep. Then my post workout is usually honey and or maple syrup in some sort of raw dairy. Oh wow. Okay. I like cottage cheese or raw milk. So raw cottage cheese or raw milk. Wow. I do Very not simple. Ha- I don't have whey protein. I don't do any of that. I like the full natural source or I just don't have it. I'll just wait a little bit and I'll have my meal. That's cool. Explain. Again, in a perfect world, my next first meal post workout, first real meal. So I'll have that my post workout snack almost. Yep. Shower, whatever, right? My first meal is gonna be white rice. And either a lean red meat, like a sirloin steak, or chicken. Wow. I prefer red meat 10 to 1 to chicken. Chicken is not very nutrient-dense, but sometimes I will use it if I'm trying to get really cut. Whatever. Again, if I'm trying to play with my calories, I might use chicken instead of red meat. But in general, it's red meat, okay? And I'll go leaner red meats post-exercise when I have my carbs. That makes sense. Fattier red meats and fattier meals with less carbs. Would you then have a snack between that and dinner? Generally, no, but if I do, so it depends on my day. If I'm stressed out, if I'm working yeah. a lot, if I worked out really hard and I'm feeling it, I listen to my body very much so when I'm in my maintaining phase. My my go-to snacks, shout out to Costco. <laughs> they have grass-fed country archer, grass-fed beef sticks. That, oh, wow. and a, I have a block of raw cheese. I'll literally cut oh, wow. a little block off, a few handful of... Uh, Grass-fed beef sticks, a box of blueberries or strawberries. Wow. Nice. Boom. That's my snack. It's not every day. Just like I don't fast every day. Like it just kind That's of depends. That's an optional snack there. Okay. And then dinner? Dinner. Key is avocado for me. Oh, wow. The fiber, the, the nutrient density of it keeps me full for way longer. Always meat. I'm super primarily meat and fruit. Um Actually, you may have noticed I did not say a vegetable yet. I personally have not had vegetables in 10 years. Dang. Not ever. Wow. I have not bought <clears throat> vegetables in a grocery store for myself. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't had vegetables in 10 years, obviously. I do not think vegetables kill you. I am not. This is like Ben said in the beginning. I actually do a lot of vegan meal plans. So, like, it's not about that. It's just for my body. That's how I optimize and thrive. So yeah, dinner would be usually a pound of meat and an avocado cooked in, again, raw butter or its own, you know, grass-fed beef is another great one. I, I like taco seasoning, so I'll do that with my white rice sometimes. I'll get like a lean. You'll have more rice at dinner? No, okay. usually just once a day I'll have white rice. So more like the rice post-workout and the Correct. avocado if it's not post-workout. Correct. Yeah, I mean, looking at that, like that's more calories than I eat in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, Super but clean. similar concepts. 
using a lot of natural sources, which is cool. The honey and raw milk I tried with Paul Saladino. Yeah. It's so delicious. It almost tasted like cheating. Yeah. But if I wanted to, if I wanted to gain 20 pounds of, of muscle sure. over the next five to 10 years yes. or whatever is realistic yes. for that, well, I would have to consume more calories than I consume right now. Yeah. My body's kind of like how Derek does it for basketball. We get to kind of let our bodies exist because basketball is this sort of mixture of athletic qualities. We're not having to intentionally put on mm -hmm. more weight over time. We can let the weight training sort of shape how we're built. So true. I, and one last thing I want to say, and it's on the adherence point of this diet. Like people will ask, well, do you never have cheat meals? Do you know that? I am notorious for eating cheat meals. Every, <laughs> yeah. every person who really knows me, yeah. they're like, how do you have a six pack all the time? I always, every time I see you, I'm eating pizza. That's because that's the only time I'm ever eating pizza. I know he likes those cookie pies with the ice cream oh. on top. <laughs> Shout out to BJ. So he, he's, not, he's not lying. Like, I don't hang out with people much, but I know cheat meals that he likes. Yeah. But, like, I don't know cheat meals that these guys you like. You train but, hard, man. You, are, so you yeah. train hard and you intense. And, and I feel like if you, if you have a habit of that, correct. then you can eat. But 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 on this it's it's the A grade right you don't need an A plus to graduate you need an A right. maybe a B right like so I tell people get A get ninety percent of your diet right yeah then if you need to you know once a week have a little something fine don't crash yourself down right oh I failed so now what's the point of continuing that's the most common thing yeah. and thousands right. of people have done meal plans for it's the most common thing well I messed up. I cracked, so now I'm giving up. Yeah. No, 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 no. What's your thing with vegetables, bro? It's if not so. Like, I, I, I kind of had a similar uh, epiphany, man. Yeah. I, like, I'm 45, so I, I actually tried every diet. I've been a vegan. I've mm -hmm. been uh, carnivore. I've been, like, paleo. I've tried, like, everything. And and a lot of it's just, for me, it's just marketing. It's like, sure, whoever has the strongest marketing campaign <laughs> gets what, you know what I'm saying? So it's, and it's money, man. This, this, where, where we live in is like, yeah. money drives everything. Yeah. And so I, I, I have I found, let me, let me, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I found that like, I was on this vegetable kick for a while and I used to have like a lot of stomach issues and I used to have mm -hmm. a lot of just like, um, just wasn't feeling good, lethargic. My skin was messed up. So, and and but I'm hearing vegetables, 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 kale. This like, and I'm and I'm like, damn, I'm doing everything they're telling me to do, but I'm I'm getting the opposite effect. So mm -hmm. just just, and I know this is a, a touchy topic, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. So we don't have to go too far into it. But I just was curious why you haven't had vegetables in ten years. I, I wanna and I wanna give you good pros and cons to it. Real quick with the pro, vegetables can be used for people who are restricting calories, let's say for six weeks or two months. They are very fibrous and they can keep you full. Yeah. So if you need, if you have a trouble with how hungry you are and that's why you're overeating, vegetables can be very useful to keep you full. Okay. That can be a tool used by a diet coach to help people cut fat, uh, cut calories. So for me, I'm the exact same way. Every time I eat vegetables, my stomach gets a little bloated. Yeah. It doesn't feel, for my body anyways, I don't feel good on it. My, I, I'm bloated for hours. I, I lose a little bit of energy. I have eczema breakouts right here that when I start eating vegetables, yeah. and this is, I, I tested it. I went to Costa Rica recently, and I actually ate an all-vegetarian diet. I had no meat. And I was like, I'm gonna try this, just 
get good quality food from a different country, not in America. So, oh, it's just the Americans. No, no. I was like, I'm going to try this and actually experiment here. And I went eight days without having any meat, only vegetables um, and fruit, right? Like a vegan. I had eggs too. Okay. So I was vegetarian. Within two days, first of all, I had the runs for like three days. I immediately broke out and had eczema for the next couple of weeks. And I came back, went back on my diet. It's gone. This is just a few couple of weeks. So look, I don't care what the science says. I know how I feel. And that's what you need to figure out for yourself. Listen to your body and how you feel and how you perform mentally and physically. That's going to be the diet for you. Don't believe something because it's supposed to be that way. Believe it because of how you feel and what's true for you is true for you. Like that's yeah. what, that's the bottom line. Yeah. I think so. I think we all have some common denominators, but, uh, but yeah. I've seen Marcel be insanely shredded or able to build muscle. So I know you've done a, so many different diets. Yeah. Well, what's your conclusion yeah. after trying all kinds of different diets? What do you eat in a day? What do you, what's I mean, your was, take on all this? It was funny. Um, I'm from Puerto Rico. So very, very heavy on the rice and the beans and <laughs> the avocados and fried plantains. And when I met you, I asked for your perspective because, you know, I didn't really know much about fitness or much about diet. So I was just curious, like, you know, how do you get a six pack? Cause you're over here yeah. with a 30 pack yeah. and with the right lighting and it's the most, <laughs> it's wild. It's all, all about that forest lighting. <laughs> yeah. Forest got that coconut forest, oil filter. That 30, yeah. forest has the hookup. But, um, you told me to cut out, you know, the rice and the beans. And the first thing I said was no. <laughs> and the context is you were a puffy. Like yeah. you, weren't, you weren't that elite athlete. No, not at that time. Um, and funny enough, I probably went with the solution that I think most people think about, which is I'm going to exercise and I'm going to get strong and that's going to get me shredded. And I got to the strongest I had ever been. Um, I squatted 352 pounds without any neck, uh, back brace or any kind of sleeves or anything. And I looked at myself in the mirror. I, I, I was not shredded and I still had like a puffy face. I would say though, objectively, I mean, just me observe observing yeah that it does seem like just changing your exercise alone did improve your body it has, composition. for sure like, for sure i definitely we noticed in that first year of training for you more muscle less body fat yeah for sure it definitely so, helped but yeah. as far as the it wasn't where your, i wanted to get to yeah i i didn't get there and so then i and that's when i looked at it and i was like okay so then there is an equation to this where diet is included because I didn't pay attention to the diet. I got as strong as I ever did and I didn't get to where I wanted to go. So then that's when I started to do like a little bit of research and see like why you were suggesting, you know, lower on carbs. And ultimately what I ended up finding was, I mean, this is pretty synonymous with all of you guys is high on protein, you know? Uh, so I eat all kinds of animal proteins. I'll have my steak, I'll have pork, I'll have fish, you know, um, seafood, uh, eggs. So on a regular day, similar to you, I just less, I have four eggs a day, you have six, <laughs> yeah. right? You have a slightly, well, not slightly, you have a bigger body than I do. Sure, so it sure. just makes sense calorically, you yeah. consume more. Um, and I'll also have some kind of protein with my eggs. So whether it's smoked salmon, whether it's uh, for the omega-3s or whether it's uh, some beef or whether it's uh, a chicken sausage, you know, with some cheese. So I'll have that for breakfast. Uh, always a coffee. 
Uh, if I'm trying to get lean, I'll have cold brew, cold brew coffee, just black. Uh, if I'm just trying to maintain, I'll have my half and half, my, my latte. Um, then after that for dinner, I'll usually have, again, any kind of source of protein. So that's where the pork comes in, all the other types, you know. Uh, but I do control for carbs. I do keep the carbs low and I try to maintain my energy source to come mainly from fat. It's funny because, um, you know, you can get into all the different kinds of studies. There was one study that I saw that was quite interesting where when you couple protein alongside with fat when you eat it, it has a better effect with protein synthesis because the bile acids that get stimulated when you eat fat actually help with improving muscle uh, protein synthesis. So I eat my fat right alongside my protein and it's just helped me to generate this athletic build, you know, and then when I want to lean out and get, you know, shredded, I will incorporate more fasting. You know, I've gone as far as doing three day fasts, mm -hmm. you know, um, but usually the way my regular week will look like when I'm trying to get lean is two meals on Monday, one meal Tuesday, alternating two meals, one meals, and then a full fast on Saturday where I'm not working out. So I'm not breaking down my body. There's no need to really supplement with protein to build up my body. And so that's, that's usually what my week looks like. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Brings up a good way to kind of round out diet and get concluding opinions on it. Protein. I learned how your body actually has to burn more to break down protein. Yeah. So, I think that's important data for someone to look into for themselves and see how perhaps protein is not created equally to other calories. Correct. So I get the whole calories thing, but like, wait a second, if, if one of those types of calories actually forces your body to burn more, it's a net I, negative. I saw, and there's studies to look at everything, but it can maybe sometimes, I think of studies as secondary data. I think right. your own observation and knowing things mm. is most important. Always. And then I think of studies as things to think with, but I saw something where they took the same amount of calorie diet but one group was having 30% protein, the other was having 20%. So by having more percent of protein, they lost like four pounds more of actual fat. Yeah, It was something along those lines. Thomas DeLauer just posted it. Great. I'm gonna be seeing um, Thomas next week. He's, he's awesome. Nice. He was the he's king shredded. of keto, but he also understands the whole thing and and, and does eat fruit. And he, he really knows the inside and out of diet, lost 100 pounds and maintains wow. a completely shredded physique, lots of muscle, just how Fernando is able to maintain it and live mm -hmm. it with diet. The point is only I would encourage someone to make sure they understand that factor, the thermogenesis factor, mm -hmm. where they, I guess it's the heat of the Correct. burning of the protein. Right. It also raises your metabolism in itself. So there's a double source. There's a yeah. two effects to that protein. Yeah. Uh, you look at Paul Saladino helping yeah. popularize meats and fruits. I was just spending time with him. He has the same view on protein being a primary thing. Mark Bell, who's been an incredible mentor to me, and he also... Um, treats everyone with tons of respect, but tends to lean toward protein and meat and fruit as, mm -hmm. as primary things. But again, he and Mark really pushes how the protein mm -hmm. as a as a foundation of, around that thermogenesis. It's just something I've seen really common is people really succeeding with diet tend to understand this factor yeah. of how the protein is not necessarily the same as other calories. Correct. And then like Fernando said, I, I think of I think if if you're just unaware of things, okay, that stinks. That's most of America just like unaware. They don't realize that 
they're asleep and not aware of things. Now, above that is thinking. So that's, this study says this, so th- th- think, 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 think. Above that is knowing. So, like, Fernando doesn't count calories, but he knows right. calories. Like, that's a higher level is knowing than just thinking. Mm-hmm. So, if someone is out there thinking with the calories, sometimes I people see people struggling, not mm-hmm. understanding it. it. Seems like that's a primary thing that could be holding them back is not understanding that protein's the same. And Marcel mentioned fasting. I eat two to three meals a day. I've never fasted a day in my life. These guys have, so you might as well finish out diet because that is a big part of what we eat in a day is that if there's days you're not eating, that is something I have no experience with. So you guys want to finish out that topic? I want to say a couple things and then I want to hit the fasting thing is, is, um, yeah. And my, when you do my meal plan, the first thing is you read in my little PDF is protein is king. Protein is king. So that's just think with that remember that it in works for any a lot meal of plan in any kind of lifestyle protein is king then it's going to depend on your goals do you want to be maximally strong muscle mass maybe someone's happy with a right. little thick body right. like maybe you want to be shredded okay that's yeah. gonna alter now how much you eat what you eat etc um the sun to Derek's point, <laughs> is extremely important. Vitamin D is a more considered closer to a hormone, considered a pro-hormone. I'm sure you could do a podcast just we on could vitamin do a, D. Exactly. We could I go, saw that it relates a lot to testosterone, actually. Super related. We do not get enough sun. If you do not get enough sun, if you can't change your lifestyle for that, take vitamin D3 with K2, whatever. That's a whole other topic. And um, I have fasted. I think it's a good tool. You do not need it, in my opinion though it can be a lifestyle and I have done three day fast and it, anyways, there's a lot of benefits and a lot of different things with that too. So I, I want, yeah. we're, we're curious. This is, this is actually a really good um, discussion, man. It's like nice learning from everybody. And we all have like a similar common denominator, but we all have quite sl- maybe slightly different uh, viewpoints. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like to say, man, I like to close it out by just saying, man, everybody is different, man. Everybody is different, man. For some people are younger, older, people that have different consciousness levels, people have different knowingness levels and people have different goals. So um, I feel like a lot of times when we talk about diet, it can be really boxed in. Like you gotta eat a certain way and cause it worked for me. So you gotta eat this way and, and protein and you need this X amount of this. It's dogmatic. And, yeah, yeah, very dogmatic. And, and it can kind of, I've seen people like almost like go out of control trying to like keep up to a certain uh, diet or a yeah. certain program. So just, man, everybody's different. And I know what works for me is not going to work for the majority of people. You know what I'm saying? So uh, everybody's different. And like you said, it depends on your goals. If I want to be a football player, and when I, when I was actually playing basketball professionally, I, I wanted to be a little bigger. So I I, uh, I put on uh, or ate more. I ate more. Mm-hmm. But I, I just like, I like feeling light right now. I like to be able to play with Ben. Try to, I know I can't mm-hmm. guard him, but I like to try to think I could keep up with him. <laughs> On the court sometimes. So. Eric's tough out there. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, we're on the same team this weekend. Yeah, so. yeah it was fun. Uh, beat, uh, the last some thing young I, freak say, athletes I think we can this all agree on is cut out the processed foods. Yeah. That seems like a common denominator. And what I realized from this is the That's... number one common denominator I've seen is there's a difference between trying to control people's thoughts versus provide data mm-hmm. and actually want people to be able to think for themselves. So I, I really enjoy if I can talk to anyone, no matter what data they have to present, if they are confident enough in the data that they're okay with just sharing that data and not trying to force or pressure mm-hmm. people into thinking mm-hmm. a certain way. Right. Yeah. That's why I never ever try to criticize the counter of someone who trains differently than me. Do like yeah. you having your own freedom to think is a lot more important than any opinion that I have. 
Mm. That like if I'm not getting that across, I'm actually failing you. If I just improve your ability to think for yourself, that's the best thing I could do, even more important than the data that I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. So I don't want someone to blindly think with my dad, rather that you think for yourself than blindly agree with me. And that's not actually the norm. The norm that we see, often viral videos, people with a lot of followers, is trying to mandate how we think, control how we think. But my page is proof that you can still have millions of followers just by putting out data, trying to help people, not trying to control how people think. So it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe you can go viral for the like hating on someone else, but you can also go viral for just trying to help people. Yep. Yeah, you're doing a good job, man. That was a good topic. That's the number one thing yeah. I've noticed. Now, probably got 10 minutes left or so, but <laughs> squat like- school is freaking awesome. This was Fernando's idea based on common request from gyms. We're starting at gyms licensing ATG to deliver ATG classes at the gym to improve profits of their gym by being able to deliver more classes, such as a CrossFit gym could, who has sled and turf can deliver Derek's sled class and train. All right, you come in, you think maybe you're not ready for CrossFit. Well, you could start right with a sled class. You could start with our ATG mobility class. And a lot of times CrossFitters want to increase squat strength, but want to do so in a way. How do you increase your squat strength with less, like how do you have more weight on the bar and your knees feel even better? That's what we did today. We coached everyone who came through the gym. We actually ran the squat class. So 20 plus people flowed through smoothly, made a video about it. That's the topic we're talking about with ATG squat classes, listening to what people out there want, what gyms out there want to be able to better help their communities. And that's a really cool class. So Fernando can break down what makes it work uniquely. And then I think it'd be cool if any of us want to finish up any, any statements we have regarding the squat. But I know we don't have a ton of time. We like to get these episodes in a workout for you. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, the squat school is designed to increase performance, squat performance. Your Olympic lifts, college teams will require Mm -hmm. you to hit benchmarks. There there is a part of society that or sports that care or need and require – a high squat performance that's 100 percent true and it even relates to people like my mom being able to control Correct. a squat so fernando took us through three things that are more unique in terms of a class like yeah. putting a group of people these are three things that are almost never i mean i've never seen a class for example that, do, that does all three of these things yeah. so. and, they, and they increase squat performance without or not at the expense of your knee health yep. or of your general lower leg health. Okay, they so actually increase these three your 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 bulletproofing uh, qualities at the same time. So number one is the split squat with a pause. Okay, we had four sets, five reps, three second pause on each. Correct. Rep after classic ATG warm ups, whatever you have in your gym, whether it's backward treadmill or sledding or ankle work, tib work, a little mobility work. Yeah, the, so now you there's get a toolbox of, of, of warm-up, which we'll cover in a different topic. It varies on equipment, so we're not just going to... And it depends on the person yeah. and everything like that. So, But four sets, five reps, three-second pause each rep. Correct. And this is this is done first before um, the next exercise, which is a, a variation of a squat, to really help fix the imbalances and to get you primed and loosened up and really ready to hit deeper muscle fibers in the next exercise, okay? So it's mm-hmm. it's essentially a deeper, higher level warm up, you can call it, but now you're training 
smaller muscles, you're getting fixing imbalances. Many CrossFitters, many team sport athletes, they don't address single leg imbalances, which yeah. leaves them susceptible to injury. Okay. And definitely not through a full range of motion, Correct. which is exactly what you need then to catch the weight in a clean or a snatch. Correct. Or... Right. And without good split squats, it's going to be hard to get into a good, proper, deep Olympic lift position or just in general for your squat for a good, healthy, full range ATG squat. So this so, is unusual to yeah. use the ATG split squat as a foundation to squat. Let's get a statement from Derek on that because we have different purposes. Fernando goes very heavy. Yeah. I tend to gradually work up to some load, but it's different. Derek's 45. What's your quote on ATG split squat? What's my I mean, just, oh, what's my go-to? My, yeah, like the split squat, like I said uh, earlier today, that was the saving grace for me in my hips and my knees. It's able, it allows me to get a full knee bend and open my hips up, you know? And like I said, I played college basketball, pro basketball, and I was injured because they just throw you into a squat, a squat, and then you try to go up, you try to keep up with other every other athletes. And, um, and like you said, when you have an imbalance, I feel like the squat kind of like, um, when you're younger, you can kind of get away with it, but it kind of uh, shines a light on your imbalances over time, mm -hmm. oh, you yeah. know? And, and you, it could be an ankle, then you can go to your knee, and then you can go to your back, and then one thing leads to another, and it could be a downward spiral. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, the split squat is my squat right now. You know, that's just that's just my king of exercises. Um, because over that's time, awesome. man, I uh, I've developed imbalances. You know, so that's this is keeping me in the game. The split squats is is yeah. is, is keeping me for in the age forty five. That's a cheat code. Now, what exact like what felt good today? Because everyone sees me doing, let's say, flat ground or yeah. Fernando or Marcel using a bar with a bunch of weight. Like what felt good for you in today's session? Like how much elevation did you so load? I think I was like at like a four to five inch um, yep. elevation for my split squats. Able Maybe to like get a, a full knee bend. Plates. Yeah, a couple bumper ATG plates. buddy. Yeah, Your ATG form was fantastic. Yeah. Did you add any weight to it today? Yeah, and I, I fifteen kilos um, nice. per. Oh, you, per so hand. you went? So you worked yeah. up to about by the fourth set, you worked up to about thirty thirty pounds per hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's yeah. that's. I feel strong, man. That's it's great. It's, Outstanding. It's not, it's not uh, Olympic lifting material, yeah. but. Uh, but for me, it feels good, and 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 I'm able to target, and we go slow, and we can control, and we hold it, and um, I'm able to really stimulate a lot of muscle, uh, in that exercise. So yeah, man, and in the um in the squats, I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so that laid the foundation. Uh, then we went into the squats, yeah. which we call Klokov squats after Klokov. in in honor to Dmitry Klokov, who Fernando and I actually studied with personally. Yeah. One of the nicest people I've met in my entire yeah. life. Yeah, awesome pretty, guy. Pretty up. Awesome guy. Yeah, he's like 5'11", 240 of Funny muscle. Thing, I mean, you know he's he an did? Olympic silver medalist. He didn't do much for his post workouts. You know what he did do? He'd go in the sun for thirty minutes. Look at that. Just a fun little yeah. connection to that. Um, do you remember that? He would go outside. Yeah. <laughs> I know once we get into Olympic athletes who have 240 pounds of muscle, yeah. I know people are going to add some funny comments that it was sure. more than just sun. Uh, of course. Uh, of course. Uh, but that is the nature of the competition that he was in. It's Correct. not fair for a 185-pound basketball player to judge a 240-pound Olympic medalist in yeah. weightlifting. And yeah. So, so yeah, Klokov squats, which what is, is, that? is essentially a very slow eccentric squat. Eccentric is the negative, is the way down of any motion. So... The beauty about a slow eccentric squat is it allows one to correct their form on the way down. It's so slow that you yeah. have nothing but to tap in 
to deeper muscle fibers that you're not used to contacting, and you're going to feel your foot pressure. You're going to feel if you're shifting. You're going to make sure you're all the way down. So we do 10 seconds on the way down, and half of those seconds start at the halfway point and then to that bottom quarter. So it's not eight seconds at the top and then one, two. That's where people get that one wrong sometimes. So really tapping into you know, tapping into time under tension in areas that we do not spend time under tension. So you're going to get a lot of adaptation, a lot of strength foundation there that you can then in a separate program tap into for increasing your Olympic lifts and your max squat performances, et cetera. Um, yeah, so that's very powerful method. You're getting the bar in a front position, yeah. which you can't do quite as much weight as in a back position. So by controlling down 10 seconds, then pausing a couple seconds at the bottom, so there's just no momentum, then exploding up. So you're talking about owning mm-hmm. a squat. Use whatever heel elevation you need. Yep. At Fernando and I's level, we don't need any heel elevation. I think, Marcel, you tend to like to wear Olympic weightlifting shoes. Yeah, I do. Fernando tends to go barefoot. <clears throat> Derek was using the slam board. Mm-hmm. Derek was just going body weight today, owning that squat body weight. I mean, that's such a great quality to maintain. It's so personal depending on the person. Yep. Now, you do it. If you're working with the barbell, if you just did that rep front, you can rack it, duck under, and get a rep on the back. Correct. This is a little cheat code: is if you can do it front, throw in one you more rep on the it, back. It's technically called a mechanical yeah. drop set because you're changing the mechanics, which is, allows you to get some extra reps. Yeah. So yeah, we I like to start people out once they start using a bar. They start with two reps front squat, so it, it manages the load because. When people again get into back squat, they just start right on back squat. They, they want right. to the, the the ego kicks, you know, whatever. They they want to push themselves. Maybe it's not a bad thing, but they push themselves and they're missing the point. So, forcing that front squat perfect form Brutal. with that slow eccentric, you get two reps of that. But now you go to the back, and now you're exhausted. Now you're and now you're tapping in even deeper and really again feeling that fiber. So again, it, it's an amazing exercise for building squat foundation. Yeah, so beginner, two reps front, bracket, two reps back. If you're more advanced, you can go one rep front, one rep back, four sets. But the third and final part of this podcast is between each set of the squat now, Yes. we work on knee flexion. So if you think about a class setting to improve squat, you're almost never going to have a full range of motion split squat. So that's that's the heart of this operation. What makes it work? Four sets, five reps, three-second pause at the bottom of each rep. Then we go to the squat. I've never walked into a gym and seen someone control a squat the entire way down. Mm. So for protecting your knee, for actually building foundational strength that'll carry over for long-term strength gains, controlling the entire way down on a squat is something that's almost never used. It's it's really a cheat code and you throw in front back, you can make a lot of gains out of that Klokov style squat. But we superset that with knee flexion, which is almost, I've looked at CrossFit gym programming, and usually for the gym, they'll go the entire year with no knee flexion. This is one of the most important things to protect the knee, especially once. So, all right, if you're in body weight stages, building up some, that's good. I don't think knee flexion is as important in the in the early stages. But to me, as soon as you can, as soon as you have access, as soon as you start loading, we want to be getting into knee flexion. We're even we even have tested here, and it's working great. Uh, a band thing goes under your door, so you can do lying hamstring yeah, curls sense. at home. Yeah. Even if, so, even if you're in a body weight stage, you can still be adding banded hamstring curls in a gym setting. We'll throw on the screen here on the ATG podcast on YouTube. But with this Sorenex rack, this hamstring curl attachment on the rack, 
Yeah. Super affordable, right on the rack. Would be so accessible for these Truly gyms. makes another level of accessibility. It's outstanding. And then a Nordic bench is super affordable and easy to move around compared to a full hamstring curl. Correct. The amount of how little space it takes for us to have two knee flexion stations is incredible. So I'll have Fernando finish this out because I know we're close to the end here. But Fernando thinks of knee flexion as... So we're talking about the strength of your hamstring as it connects behind your knee. He thinks right. of this as a second ACL because it, it attaches in kind of how the ACL does. Its job is to prevent when you when you strike the ground with that contact, it, it prevents the lower leg from moving away uh, in how most common ACL injuries occur. Okay, And it's cushioning at the bottom of a squat. It doesn't make sense to be driving up knee extension with loads over time, over years, correct. and not also putting the same intention correct into the back and that's the second point it's the brakes to your knee extension so the stronger your horsepower is in any right. exercise any cart you need to have equally strong brakes so if your knee extension the opening the kicking of your leg is gets stronger and stronger and stronger the back part better be matching that or you're simply asking for injury okay right. and i see the you can look at the statistics in major sports, major pro sports, skyrocketing ACL injuries. Women's college sports, skyrocketing because they just have them squatting. They have them increasing extension, 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 and they do not increase the brakes. Okay. So, and they don't even do the extension through full range of motion. To, to even the most, yeah. the newest research shows that protects your knee more. Yeah. And then, it's one of our successful actions in ATG. Why we have such exceptional results with knee bulletproofing is we get exceptional at knee flexion, at resisting the knee being pried apart. So if you want exceptional results on something, exceptional protection, exceptional ability is yeah. always going to be the guiding factor. And that's why we make these videos and these podcasts to help you become a master of ability. It's freaking incredible. The ability to help other people. And you have all these tools. Thank you guys for putting this work on the podcast. Yeah, we went pretty hard on the diet. Didn't have as much time for squat school, but it's by the time this is coming out, probably the full ATG yeah. squat school videos already on YouTube. Help, help, help. Wake up tomorrow. How can you help? Keep repeating. You will never stop being fired up. See you guys.